Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Balance of Nature helps every single person, no matter if they're athletic, no matter if they're young, if they're old. And for me, after retiring, I started taking Balance of Nature, and I've never felt better in my life. And I've been trying to make myself feel good for 40 years now. Balance of Nature is not a supplement. It's not in addition to our health. It's the foundation to our health. It's the foundation to your life to have 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code KATE. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi there. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. All right. Uh, by the way, I'll be hosting Alex Jones on Thursday, last hour, and my guest will be, uh, for part of it, will be Dr. Lee Merritt, and we'll be discussing how to stay out of the hospital. She wants to tell you what you can do, and uh, that'll be the life-saving show uh, of the year, I am sure. So make sure that you tune in for that, because everyone needs this information. So uh, as as we actually do launch into, um, you know, the actual flu, an actual pneumonia season, everyone's going to think they've got COVID, and get on the COVID train at the hospital. So make sure that you are um, paying attention to that last hour of Alex Jones on Thursday, where I, I interview Dr. Lee Merritt on what to do. And uh, so many great guests coming up to uh, Jamie Weingard coming on Thursday to talk about what to do when your employer tells you you have to get it. And she's got some great new uh, concrete information for you. That's coming on Thursday as well. And uh, just so many great guests. In fact, um, um, it's Michelle, right? That's correct. Hi, yes. Michelle. Hi. I asked Michelle to call in, and uh, she had sent me a message. Uh, and, and tell me a little bit about about what you've been dealing with, Michelle. Oh, my gosh. People. It's been so crazy. My sister got COVID back in August of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so um, her husband called, said she was in the hospital, and told me she had COVID. So, you know, we had went to the hospital and my sister um, had told the hospital from the get-go that she wanted hydroxychloroquine. Uh-huh. They refused her. Um, and then she told them she did not want remdesivir because we had done a lot of research on that drug, and we just didn't feel it was a safe drug. Right, it's not. And so yeah. she had told them she did not want that. Our family had repeatedly told the hospital that, you know, we don't want the remdesivir. Mm-hmm. We want the hydroxychloroquine. They wouldn't give it to her. So then I said, well... She's in, a, she's in a hospital that is in Northern California. Uh-huh. So I said, well, maybe they haven't heard of budesonide as a nebulizer. So right. I said, let's try that. Well, they denied that treatment as well. So on the third day when she got really, really sick, mm-hmm. um, I called her to make sure, because I asked the doctor the night before, can we get the budesonide as a nebulizer? Mm-hmm. And at that point, he said, well, I'm not sure if we have it. And he kind of hemmed and hawed. And then he also told me that the um, hospital administrator and the NIH would not 
allow them to give any other treatments that the only thing approved was um, remdesivir and blood plasma. So at this point, this made absolutely zero sense to me. Right. I thought, since when is there a one-size-fits-all treatment for everybody? Right. What happens if someone's allergic to that medication? What happens if it just doesn't work? Right. So you're supposed to just lay in the hospital and die? <laughs> well, that's what's uh, happening. Isn't that insane? Exactly. That's what's happening. That, that's exactly what's happening. So this, this angered me to no end, but... When I called my sister back the next day, she was crashing. Her staff were crashing. They were getting ready to put her on a ventilator. I said, uh-uh. I said, we are not doing that. And, mm-hmm. and at this point, though, what I have to tell everybody is, listen, they're getting your loved ones in the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. When you have COVID, this thing, it, it affects your brain. You're not able to get enough oxygen. I'm not a doctor, but you're not able to get enough oxygen. You're not making, you're not capable to make decisions for yourself. Right. And so... You need to immediately, the minute your loved one, if they end up having to go to the hospital, please try to keep them out. But if they end up having to go to the hospital, you need to make sure that immediately that you are able to make decisions for your loved ones. Because what they're doing is they're getting these folks in the hospital. They're talking to them. They're not telling them, oh, by the way, remdesivir can cause liver and kidney damage they're not giving you that information they're just saying this is what we're going to give you Mm -hmm. and if they only give you one option you don't want to die you're going to take it right right i'm with you and so they're working kind of around the families i've gotten 21 phone calls from people this week alone uh people are giving my number out because i've been able to help people and kind of advocate and tell them how to work the system and so all of them are telling, oh, 21 people over the United States have told me all the same thing. Yep. They're being denied access to medications. Mm-hmm. And some of them are kind of separating their loved ones from, you know, they're, talk, they're saying, oh, well, we can talk to them. So they're saying they want to do this treatment or that treatment. Yes. And it, it's just we have to be involved. We have to be the advocates for them. No one else is going to advocate for them. I agree and, with you. Oh, my gosh. So, yes. So, so basically, though, what I did is I went and when the doctor told me that the NIH told him he couldn't give these medications, at that point, I just went ballistic. When my sister's stats were crashing, they wanted, you know, talking about possibly putting on a ventilator. I just went nuts. I just went nuts. And I called the hospital administrator and I said, listen here, I'm not okay with this. I couldn't get on the phone to them. So I repeatedly, I probably left over 10, 15 messages. And I just said, listen here, I said, you guys do not understand, mm-hmm. but I said, you are violating my sister's rights under the Compassionate Use Act. Right. I said, you know, she has a patient bill of rights that you guys are violating all of these things. And I said, if my sister dies because you refused her access to a medication, I'm going to sue the pants off the hospital. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I love it. And so did you get a response? Because this was a year ago, right? And- then lo and behold, we got the desonide of the nebula. I bet <laughs> you so, did. But I like to remind people, though, they tried to fight me on this. So you have to really get educated. I'm not a doctor, but a doctor educated me so I could fight. Right. So he basically said, listen here. He said, because they tried to tell me, oh, we can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. And we can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. Right? Right. And so I basically uh, wrote down everything he said. And so because it's like, if you have no knowledge, you can't fight back. Right? Right. So right. I'm like, I need to educate myself in these things. So the doctor tried telling me, oh, well, you know, um, you know, the DDS and I, we can't give it because it's going to aerosolize the virus. And I just <laughs> said, doctor, 
I said, I'm not an uncompassionate person, and I don't want anybody getting this virus. It, it is a bad virus, but early treatments are working. Mm-hmm. So I said, doctor, I don't want to aerosolize this virus. I don't want anybody to get this thing. But you guys do have PPE gear. I said, doctor, what happens when you put a patient on a ventilator? I right. said, oh, that's right. I said, the, aerosoli- <laughs> the virus aerosolizes 24-7. Right. I said, but when you give a nebulized treatment, it might just aerosolize for a very few minutes. Right. I said, why wouldn't you do what's better for the patient? I said, that doesn't even make any sense. Right. Besides said, the fact that you have an immune system. Somebody on a ventilator. Right. Right. Oh, that's right. Most of them die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. And you know, I don't mean to be a sarcastic smart aleck sometimes, <laughs> but it's like some of this stuff, it's like y'all aren't making any sense. I Because what you're agree. doing doesn't make any sense. So then... Oh boy, it's a long story, but I got, I got really angry after my sister got sick. We got her the budesonide. She recovered. As soon as she got that, she was able to breathe easier mm-hmm. and her um, need for oxygen went down. Good. So then I got really angry about this whole thing. I said, people are dying across the nation. I'm not, I can't be okay with this. Right. I will never be okay with this. And so I started writing letters to the president of the United States weekly, to the attorney Good. general of the United States. To the Surgeon General of the United States, I said, our rights are being violated. We are being denied access to medications, and people are dying, and I'm not okay with it. Right. So I finally get a letter back from the HHS saying, dear Mrs. Wright, you're <laughs> correct. Uh, the HHS is at the time, back in August of 2020, mm-hmm. and I think I got the letter in maybe, they finally responded to me maybe in October or November of 2020. Mm-hmm. They said, dear Mrs. Wright, you're correct. At the time, your sister was sick. The only medication approved for treatment of COVID-19 is remdesivir and blood plasma. And it still is. It still is. Oh my gosh. And at that point, I just really became outraged. (laughs) And so I just, but I just, people don't understand what's going on. Yeah. And so I I don't even waste time dealing with the doctors anymore. I said, doctor, I get it. Your hands are tied. My battle's not with you. And, and, And in all honesty, I don't even know if it's with the administration, but at some point, our doctors took an oath to do no harm. Right. And so I'm like, you guys, I'm praying that these doctors would start having courage to stand up and do the right thing regardless of what the HHS says. And bottom line is they're fearful. I don't blame these doctors. They're fearful that they're going to have their license taken away or that they're going to get fired. Some doctors have been fired. Mm-hmm. Some doctors have gotten letters from the medical board threatening to take their license away. But some doctors have just said, you know what, we took an oath to do no harm. And we don't really care what the HHS says. Right. Right. <laughs> and so I, so I applaud those doctors. I'm like, thank you, doctors. You are saving our lives. Right. So what and do you... medications really are working. I've, I've heard from 21 people this week, and quite a few of them have gotten treatments and they're working. Some people have gotten off of ventilators. They right. They were ventilators, and they were able to get some of these medications, and they're now recovering. Right. So what do you tell people in that that situation? Medications aren't working. What do you tell people? We are being lied to by the media. The media is not speaking the truth. Right. And I just figure if the media is not going to be, you know, tell the truth, I will. I'll become the new media. Michelle, what do you tell people that are already on a ventilator? Um, You know, I am getting lots of emails and the families are just sick over this because they've been deprived of all their rights. Hospitals didn't listen to them, put them on a ventilator against their will when the doors were closed or after they even told the hospitals no. Um, What do you tell people once somebody's on a ventilator? In all honesty, all hope is not lost, right? Mm -hmm. All hope is not lost. I think for me, I think that you have to start going with the hot, you know, because once you have to get an attorney involved, a lot of money, and then in all honesty, once you get an attorney involved, 
then you can no longer talk to the hospital about any kind of treatment. The attorney will do it for you, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. So if you have to go that route, by all means, go that route if you have to, because there are some attorneys having success in getting treatments, right? Mm -hmm. but, if, um, but if, in fact, you can deal with the hospital directly, because time is of the essence right. of this, in this thing, and if you hire an attorney, it still takes them time to do all this stuff, right? Right. And time really is of the essence. So, I mean, I would just do what I did. Just go to Buckwild and just say, listen, you guys are violating our rights, and we're mm -hmm. going to see the pants off of you. Right. And then, matter of fact, I even recommend this. If, if your loved one has received remdesivir, I'm, all, I'm for the fact that I think that we should go in and remind the hospitals, hey, if my loved one dies and you guys gave them remdesivir, we're going to be doing an autopsy. Right. We're going to request an autopsy because we want to know what really caused damage. Was it the remdesivir or really was it, was it the COVID? Right. I'd like to know that information. Mm -hmm. but, oh, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. This is, I'm hearing from people all over the country like you are, and it's sickening to watch people's eyes open when they realize that, that they can't even have, they can't even be in there, much less uh, tell the doctors what they want. And patients' bills of rights, people should be requesting those at every single hospital. By law, they have to give it to you. Every state's different. You can look up, you know, your state patient bill of rights and the text is right there saying that you have the rights to call those shots. You're paying them for the care and you're not in a prison. So you get to call the shots and they're completely ignoring that right now because of because of covid, quote unquote. So it's sickening to watch. Oh, absolutely. Not. I've been writing to my senators and congressmen even saying, what are you guys going to do about this? Who who oversees the HHS? How are they allowed to get this much power? Yeah, right. Why are we not making some kind of a legislature act that protects our doctors and, and protects the And we have that. We have the patient bill of rights. Why is that being trampled upon? Right. And is our only recourse grabbing a sheriff and going in there? Or will they do anything about this, uh, the violation of, of, of blatant rights in the hospital? I don't think so. I haven't tried. I didn't have to use that method, right? I mm -hmm. thank God I was able to get, right. you know... I was able to get immediate response because I just wasn't taking well, any I, of their garbage. And, and I have people that I, desperate. I armed myself with knowledge. So when they yeah. tell me one thing, I'd correct them. I'd say, no, that's not right. And you guys know that. I love that. So, I love the, I love your spirit in that because I've got people that are that desperate. They're ready to go get the sheriff because the hospital has refused to listen to them. Hospitals all over the country. Yeah, and, I mean, you can file a complaint with the courts, right? But mm -hmm. it depends. Honest, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but there's some good judges and there's not some, there's yeah. not, you know, some not so good judges. Right. So some people, I've, I personally did not do this, but I've heard of another person that actually went to the court, filed a complaint, got a, um, a restraining order and an injunction, and they were able to get a, a hearing the same day and they got, an, uh, you know, a court order to get those medications distributed. So, okay. and it's like I think it's about four hundred and twenty bucks. Now, right. I don't know if every court is the same, mm -hmm. right? But I've heard of people doing that, and some people have had success, and some people haven't. Yeah, I've heard so of people. I, we're going to be short on time here because I got to go. But we, but we also, well, I've heard of people signing over, uh, saying, "Okay, I, you know, you're relieved of your liability from the protocol. Just do what I ask you to do." Absolutely, and people yeah. are going to have to do that too. But absolutely do that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no issues. Have a beautiful day. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, wow, what a voice. I love it. Uh, what a... <laughs> 
I'll, I'll tell you what, a lot of people out there are fighting and uh, Michelle is one of them and I really appreciate it. I'm getting messages from all over the country and I really appreciate her because if you're not dealing with this, you, you might be in the next few months. And if that's the case, knowing what to do, getting some you know good solid advice from doctors, uh, from people that have been there and know what the system is like that you're working against, it's a medical goliath. And so you got to be armed with all the right information. Really appreciate her and her willingness to help others. Really appreciate that about her. And of course, be faithful, be fearless. See you, see you here tomorrow. And um, Melissa and Susan join me tomorrow. So it should be a very eventful show. And uh, boy, lots of great guests lined up. So be faithful, be fearless. See you tomorrow. KateDallyRadio.com or KateDallyShow.com. Make sure and share the podcast.